live on Junkhead. We've got Alex from Vermont. First time guest in the Junkhead Pond universe. Uh, welcome, my man. What's up? Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. It's uh, it's interesting to pod with a total stranger because I do two other podcasts with like two of my best friends. So it's going to be interesting finding your threshold. I'm just going to have to like start firing off pedophile jokes and, and see where you tap out. So, oh, dude, that's what we, we love stuff like that. Um, I mean, this is a pretty no holds barred podcast. Um, one of our earliest episodes was this lovely uh, story. I mean, we've had so many different types of weird like we had a lady who went to school as a pastor, like like went through everything, got all of the the certifications and everything. And then like three years into it was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to make smut porn and just started doing that. Hell yeah. And I was like, hell yeah. So I saw that. Any- I, I went through your uh, old episodes. I listened to a couple more of the recent ones, but I saw that one and I was like, oh, shit. If I wasn't buttoned up against time, I would listen to that. That sounds fucking amazing. That that's a pretty solid uh, episode. We've we've had some random interactions because the, the podcast, especially when we got into the beef with like the cult and everything, it just it started attracting like random people who would like DM me with like insane episode ideas of just like hey have you ever seen this person's account isn't this person nuts and then you'd like go to it and it's like some guy who's just like a pedophile or something like that (laughs) great (laughs) yeah yeah so like by all means man do as many pedophile jokes as you want make yourself comfortable around here all right perfect excellent yeah no we had that same thing happen on my podcast the skimbo lounge um Somebody sent me, one of my friends sent me this article about this guy who was trying to meet his awesome Republican goddess. He created his own dating website so that he could find a woman who was going to be the perfect combination of Christian, Hindu, Republican, subservient, and brainless. You have to take a whole (laughs) quiz to like travel through the different circles of hell of this guy's psyche and figure out if you're a match and like the thing will bounce you if you do a wrong answer. So like at one point it was like, how do you maintain your weight? Are you at an average weight for your height and size and build? Are you slightly overweight? Are you slightly underweight or are you obese? It's just for yucks. I put slightly overweight and it it just tanks you. It goes, we are not a match. Go out of here. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Guy's a prince. He's looking for the most specific thing on the planet like this woman needs to believe and he believes this he's a big QAnon guy before I think anyone was really talking about QAnon he really thinks Donald Trump is out there rooting out the pedophiles playing 4D chess with the Democrats so you have to believe that you have to believe that this asshole has spiritual powers to like raise the dead and give you thunderous rolling orgasms but you can't be a fatty that's where he draws the line That is that is amazing. I you you gotta love uh, the internet bringing the availability of people like that to the forefront. Where you're just like, oh my god, this this person is truly, truly, truly insane. It's a beautiful I, uh, thing. Speaking of like oddballs like that, um, I know we've talked about him on the show before, um, but I, I do 
I, I, I kind of wanted to bring him up because obviously you just in the conversation we had, you seem kind of cool with this stuff, but have you ever ran into the, he's on Facebook and Instagram, but it's Lucas Warner. God, that sounds familiar, but I don't know anything specific. No. So he's like, he's probably in like his mid to late forties. And his big thing is, is he is what he calls a true socialist, a true communist, which is fine, good and dandy. And like he likes to talk political, uh, you know, like kind of political ideology and things like that. And he's very, very, very adamant about, you know, having a strong stance in those communities and like sticking to your guns to them. And boy, does he hate it when 18-year-old communists don't want to fuck him. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> so he, he is a homeless man who lives in Spokane, Washington. And like, here's the funny part, because I did a deep dive on him. He is homeless by choice, my dude. His parents are loaded. They're like mm. Tucson, Arizona rich people, which they might be dicks, but at the same time, like... You know, at this, if you don't want to be homeless, I'm sure they probably would be like, well, you could at least, you know, crash in the garage or something like that or whatever. Um, and I and I like did like a, a, a deep dive on like his family on like social media. They seem like very kind of traditional, you know, like suburban people. But they don't seem like psychopaths or anything, but he'll just make these videos of himself online where he'll be like. Socialist lying socialist. You don't you you you're not a real communist because you fucked the guy with the nice car. And he's like in a town square screaming at his phone. Bold strategy, Cotton. We'll see if that pays out in the second quarter. For real, dude. And like there are so many videos like that. that, I mean, that's like he's even got a Patreon dedicated to this shit. And yeah. And there are so many of them where, like, he'll be doing that, and you just see people like walking by in the background of his cell phone footage, just like, like, just like, what the fuck? It's a Sam Hyde bit. I don't get it. Yeah, it, 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 and and like, I've tried to get him on the pod, but like, he's obsessed with the idea that everybody thinks that he's crazy, and it's like. Well, you're given a lot of evidence, so yeah. Well, so wait, does he have like a sizable following, or or what's yeah, his deal? Yeah, he's he's got probably. I mean, it's not massive, but he's probably got. I think he's got like sixteen or seventeen hundred followers on Instagram, and I think he's got maybe two or three thousand on Facebook. Wow. He was he was a guy who like used to pop up in like a lot of like socialist left leaning like Facebook groups. And a lot of people like got along with him because he had like really thought out ideology and like socialism. You know, he was he was really he really he was definitely somebody who studied what he was talking about. But then you would be like, well, what do you feel about dating? And he's like, well, (laughs) and people were like, oh, fuck. okay." And he got like kicked from all those groups. But by getting kicked from all those groups, he actually created like a level of notoriety for himself. So he got a little clout from it. Well, and that's like I was I referenced Sam Hyde before. And are you familiar with him? 
Oh yeah, oh yeah. Sam yeah. and I have had the a rather uh, antagonistic DM exchange a couple of times. You've talked to this motherfucker. I want to hear about that. So you know that 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 episode I was telling you uh, about earlier, the the one where we like made fun of the cult and stuff like that. Yeah. So I DM'd like that episode link to Sam Hyde, and Sam Hyde messages me back, and he's like, "Who in the fuck are these people?" And I was just kind of like, well, it's basically like this like social media cult slash like scam group. It's kind of like a weird in between. Um, you know, they basically just try to take like young Zoomers money, you know, their whatever's left of the, you know, their parents trust fund or whatever, and just kind of go about it that way. <laughs> and in typical like Sam Hyde fashion, like, he he was so like blunt and honest in his response. There's this like bald lady that's in this group and she's uh, she's not bad looking, but she's just kind of she's just very wacky. You can tell from her social media presence. And I mean, she is in a cult, but he, he sends this message back and he's like, yeah, dude, that bald bitch in that cult always is trying to fuck me and always sends me DMs about trying to get her to suck my dick and shit. And then he sends me pictures of her DMs to him where she's just like, let me come over and suck your dick. Let me come over and suck your dick. Holy shit. And I'm just like, holy fuck. I, I didn't even expect a response. Now I'm getting screenshots into your DM. And I... I think that he listened to the episode. I cannot like confirm it, um, but I like I messaged somebody else in like his like circle, and they said that he made reference to it, and I guess in like a conversation. Dude, so yeah. he might have listened to it. Either I mean I don't really care either way. I just thought it was like funny as fuck that he like responded of all people. Yeah. So you said it turned antagonistic afterwards. What happened there? So, like, basically, I, I guess antagonistic might not be, like, the best way to, like, put it. He just, like, I basically, like, he sent the response about, like, the bald lady, like, trying to fuck him. And I was just like, yeah, dude, these people are fucking crazy. Um, and he, he just kind of, like, left me on red. And then, like, um, I sent him, like, another message from, like, an at a later point. Uh, just kind of like I think it was another thing for the podcast and he blocked me mm. so I, I I kind of expected it he's I mean temperamental is an understatement when it comes to describing that man but oh, yeah um, and I mean not I, he's I wouldn't say that he's like my guy or anything it's more just kind of funny to like troll him and like it's more funny almost to have like the clout story of like actually interacting him than to actually like have anything with him almost in a weird way yeah yeah totally i mean he's a he's an intense guy and the thing is like he's very funny he's very yeah, funny yeah. it's just he may or may not be an actual nazi so you know you he, i guess have to make peace with that a hundred percent well and like i've not to like diss him or anything but i i will go on record that i do know people who have like worked with him and it hasn't been like a pleasant experience. And that mm -hmm. was kind of like, I kind of had that floating around in the back of my head. I don't know what the situation that happened between like the people that I know and him, but uh, 
I mean, I, I he's he's a fucking he's he's. I think like Nick Mullen from Come Town said it the best is like where he's like one of the funniest people of our generation. And it's such a damn shame that he's a fucking like psychopath. Like he's, he's just a racist. Cool. Yeah. 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 He's just <laughs> insane racist. Like it just and like if you watch like his like videos now, like he's trying to be like an inspirational advice guy. And it's like, you're, you're nuts. You don't give, no, don't give me advice. <laughs> no. And he, he, he t- makes fun of like Rogan and Jocko Willink. And I'm like, you're doing the same fucking thing, man, just for Nazis. So hundred percent, man, hundred percent. So I actually like, we'll take a, a pivot there. Um, I wanted to talk to you about your uh, music podcast. I, I got the chance to check out some of the episodes. I really like the one that you did on uh, the Run the Jewels album and this discussion over that. That was kind of neat. Oh, um, yeah, thanks. But so I, I guess we'll start. Like, how did how did how did that podcast come about? You know, how did what was the inspiration to do a, mo- a music podcast? So my whole history with podcasting goes all the way back to 2015. I moved to Austin, Texas. I did a wrestling podcast for like five episodes and then realized, wait, I actually hate wrestling. So we'll be done with this. (laughs) Um, And I had all the equipment. So I looked at my buddy and I was like, do you want to just fuck around and do a podcast? And we started doing the Skimbo Lounge, which is a lot like this. Um, At the time, I don't know if Cumtown even existed. And I definitely if it did, I hadn't heard of it. But similar format to people sit down and start fucking around riffing. So we started doing that in Texas and then we left Texas and came back to Vermont, added in our two other friends, did the show for a while. Then this guy and I moved to New York, kept doing it there, just the two of us. So I've been podcasting like off and on for years and years and years. And when coronavirus hit, my buddy who stayed out in Texas when the other two of us left was like, I got, I lost my job. I have nothing but time. I have this money from the government. So I'm going to buy some fucking podcasting equipment. Do you want to do a music podcast? And I, this is a guy that I've been close with for a really long time. And we kind of sort of started to lose touch. And that was scary to me. So as soon as he was like a guaranteed excuse to talk to him every week, I jumped on it. And then as it turns out, we've just both gotten really passionate about it and it's a great exercise in listening to new music every week and kind of developing conversational skills. So like podcasting is one of those weird things where it's so fucking saturated. So how to like you or I make inroads into this industry, but while you're trying to figure out like what your voice is and how you're going to make that happen, it's kind of a great way to sharpen your everyday conversation skills. So, you know, in that sense, both the podcasts I do, even though one of them is about like, ironic misogyny and the other one is about new music they've both kind of you know given me translatable skills for when i do have to get back into the job market i feel it man i i i in a, was in a similar situation uh to your buddy where you know i i got that government money and was like well fuck let's put it to use here i i i, I love the fact that you know you had that like kind of distance relationship too and then you know used it as a way to kind of reconnect and stuff because I've, I've done that with this podcast I, I fr- I'm from a small town in Ohio and 
I left when I was like 18 and like just kind of stopped talking to everybody and including people who I like just didn't have an issue with. I just had to go. And it was this podcast has been cool because I got to like reconnect with them on like a few episodes and like kind of, you know, re-spark that friendship and like see like where not only like I the riffs that I do now and like this comedic style that I do now but or well even the conversational style but just to see the uh the inspiration for a lot of that you know was with those people around the cafeteria lunch table you know spitting roasting people talking about girls that we wanted to have sex with but would never have sex with because we were weird you know typical indie rockers in like the the 2000s before that shit was cool (laughs) yeah oh yeah (laughs) big 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 mood well and and like i i see it nowadays where like indie and like i mean it was obviously a lane in our time in high school but like in like the 2010s like it's like became way more popular to be like that and like i mean i I, to give like a good reference i had i used to do some open mics and one of the guys was uh like like 21 or 22 came to the open mic and he brought a couple of his buddies from his like fraternity with him one night. And I, I'm from, you know, the old school era, you know, I'm thinking like, you know, frat bros, you know, those types of dudes. And there was one dude that was like very frat bro-ish. But then there was like the other dude who like and like it wasn't like super deep or anything. He didn't like name drop somebody. You're like, oh, my God. Wow. But it was like, nah, man, I'm in the like Sonic Youth and like, you know, like uh, uh, Jesus Lizard and shit like that. And Like, and I was just like. Really? Like you like. Is that popular in the fraternities? And I, I guess it's like a new thing now. We're like indie rock and being like into like indie stuff is like a like a, a subgenre of the frat bro now that's so interesting i never would have figured i thought they'd be listening to whatever they think women want to listen to you know what i mean yeah like like uh, when we were in school and like when you went to college and stuff that's you know there was a co- clear dividing line between like those types of people and the people who you know were kind of more in our crowd more indie rock punk rockers whatever and now like yeah, he he was wearing he he would look like Kurt Cobain. He was wearing a cardigan. He had like the long hair and like, you know, he had like his little fucking pants rolled up like three with like the funky socks and the vans on. And it's just, you know, yeah, man. I mean, Daniel Johnston's like really fucking good. And you're just like, fuck, what the fuck? Like, Who the fuck are you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually wondering if the name of your podcast is a reference to Alice in Chains, is it? Or is it was it just it it's partially yes. Um, because I do know that is an absolute rip from uh Alice in Chains. That's a good track from them. That's great. Uh, I'm yeah, yeah, like that that's that's a good one. But it's also it's also a reference. I'm I'm from Cincinnati, or at least broadcasting out of Cincinnati. And we were the site of the well, this area in general has been like hit the hardest with the opioid epidemic. Mm. A lot of articles and shit like that. And I remember I went to like this gas station out in the middle of like Claremont County, which is kind of like out in like the woods, 
about 40 minutes outside of the city and somebody had like OD'd in like a car in like the parking lot of like this gas station. And I like went in and was just trying to like buy gas. And it was this old dude, like probably like in his like late sixties, early seventies. And he just was like, yeah, they're fucking dead out there. What a fucking junkhead. And I, I'd like obviously heard the Alice in Chains song, but like I had never heard it in reference to a human. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like people don't talk like that nowadays. You know, like we have like obviously like the boomers are a little crazy, but in our generation, we just, we don't we wouldn't refer to somebody with a drug problem as, as like something in like that negatively. At least right. Yeah. Most of it. And and it, it just like junkhead. Like your brain is junk. Like it, you're 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 garbage. Like gar like it just was like the most like degrading thing that I've ever heard in like in reference to a human like that's not like racial or like you know like transphobic or sexist or something like that it's just like you're subhuman like something like that and I was like it just stuck with me and when I named the podcast I was like I don't know why but it just it it felt like the only name and I don't know if it's that's because like our listenership ne- seems to like mix between like people with autism and like parolees. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. It's a valuable that. demo. So hang on to that. <laughs> For real. It's like uh, Charles Manson and Nick Mullen is like my fucking fan base. Like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Ours seems to be all women, which I don't get because at least once an episode, I just say horribly savage things about white women. <laughs> how they're they're fucking useless and full of shit and that's all who listens to this podcast dog i i got a funny story about white women for you um if you want to hear it hit me i love it so it's it's so fucking funny because like i'm sure you probably noticed when you like checked out my account and stuff but i have like a uh an art account like you probably saw some of the uh whether it be like the covers for the junkhead or even like there's like other pieces, but I do like a digital art thing and like it's been sexual in nature since the beginning. Like it's always had like, not always, but it's, uh, there's always been an element of like sexual in it, whether it be like kind of like half naked girls or stuff like that. How I got like some of like my, original clout for that project was like doing like edits for like only fans people and stuff like that and that kind of thing so and then like i mean not even gonna lie like the first the reason that page got started is i did like a project with somebody where i recorded the sounds of us like fucking and then like ran it through like a bunch of like guitar effects and like pedals and stuff and like made like yeah, made like a soundscape effect project out of it. It's really cool. But it's it's a very like sexual project. Just to set the tone. <laughs> so I get a recommendation from a friend that this person wants a piece. And we start talking and everything. And it's very clear, especially if you're like somebody that like sells art or like sells anything online, there's like people that are like serious about it. Cause they'll 
they're about it about it and then there's people who just like kind of talk about shit but they never really do anything mm-hmm. she's very clearly on that on the the ladder and that's fine it's whatever and then like she kind of breaches like the professional part of the relationship where she wants to send me like glitch pics of her ass hmm all right just shitty like pick art like versions of her ass and she's like yeah i share these with like my friend it's like clearly her ass with like one of those lame filters that you can put on that's like oh you pressed a button and now you're an artist that kind of thing right right so but she's friendly and she's like nice like she's not like a bad person or anything not yet (laughs) so you know she's like you know made several comments and she like showed me the nudes of her ass and made several comments about like you know like oh like i you know she knows my friend maya who i make like the a lot of the more sexual pieces with she's like this lovely lady out of uh colorado super cool and she proceeds we're like talking one night and i'm basically like and I, I even like goofed up because autocorrect sucks. I sent her a message. We were like talking and stuff. And I was like, you want to see my piece? And she's like, what? Like, like, like a drug piece or like, and she does like the eye emojis. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Oops. Ha ha ha. ha. You know, I-, I meant to put art piece, but hilariously enough, it does have a piece in it. And what it is, is, is I'm like doing like another collab with like this German dude that, I've met through a friend and like he does like a bunch of like glitch work. He does like more men stuff. He's like this gay German dude. He's super cool, but very horny. But I made like a series of photos of like nudes for him in my artwork that's like super glitched out, you know, and it's like, you know, lots of effects and stuff like that. So I just like send her one that's like mostly of like the bottom half of my body it's like my dick and my legs and like my stomach and stuff like that and she goes that's wildly inappropriate oh man and i go how and i i literally at this point in my life with like people trying uh, because i hear about it and i i have literal to no tolerance for bullshit i'm just like how lol like what are you what are you talking about? And she's like, I can't believe you would have the nerve to send that to me. And I'm like, you already sent me pictures of your ass. Yeah, like I could understand if I sent that out of nowhere. Then you have 100% a number one of reason to get mad at me. But you already started this kind of thing where you're gonna send nudes to me you can't like i can understand you being like you know what i'm not really comfortable with this so not mad at you but could you not do it ever again cool my bad sorry it's wildly inappropriate you're swinging up for a wild fucking miss there well and it's just like this all took place in the context of art and artists who need to be comfortable with this kind of shit it's not like thank you, you. Were like what are you doing are you in the tub flicking your bean and then you fire off a bunch of fucking cock shots to her yeah no like like maya put it like the best she's like it's like clearly art it isn't like you like whipped your dick out and just like <laughs> yeah like just like just sent a fucking like 
shot of your dick and like dick and balls to her it was like one of like the funniest like to be mad real you never want to give like republicans any credit when they say shit Mm -hmm. but it when it happened my first thought and i'm left-leaning dude but my first thought was just like wow what a fucking snowflake (laughs) i mean in this context yeah no that fucking tracks that is wild you're sending pictures of your asshole with the little you know dog snapchat filter so the tongue comes out of it don't talk to me about what's inappropriate or hacky like just fucking and like you said all all that takes is to just be like Hey, you know what, man? It's 1030 at night. I'm eating pho and I wasn't expecting a bunch of dicks in my face. So maybe just a heads up next time or just don't do this at all. I have my kids this weekend. Whatever the fucking situation is, just yeah. give the benefit of the doubt because you guys have a relationship. So to pretend that you're just like some Tinder guy who's sending pictures of his fucking balls is ridiculous. It's totally disingenuous. It, it was so it, it was hilarious dude i because like she she tried to like she like screen cap the pictures and like sent them to maya and like maya run is a woman who runs a like highly sexualized partially nude art account on instagram you don't want to know what she's seen in her dms you really Just in the stories that woman has told me alone, you don't want to see awful, awful. And like this girl sent the DMs to Maya and Maya was just like, you're fucking stupid. Like, what is wrong with you? This is 9 a.m. on a Tuesday for me, bitch. Like, yeah, (laughs) like just calm the fuck down. Um, So I do want to ask you, though. Because uh, you run that music podcast and everything, what's 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 been your your records you've been really loving this year? What's what's stuck out for you? What's made you go, holy shit, I got to put that on repeat? There have been a couple. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is Mordecai by Krungbin. Um, I don't know if you're familiar, but they have like incorporate a lot of world music into their sound, so they're like very influenced by Asian music and Middle Eastern music and Spanish music. Um, so it's a lot of like funk and groove and they've recently started to play with like more lyricism. Um, but it's just like a really funky vibey album. You can get fucking stone of the bejesus belt and just sit there and listen to it with your headphones on. And it's taking you to another place. That's a really Mordecai. Good what's the Mordecai? What's the album called? The album is called Mordecai. Mordecai. Okay. Group is Krungbin, which if I'm not mistaken is K H. R U A N G B I N. That'll at least get you close enough in a Google search. Oh, okay. Are, are these guys uh, in the same vein? Have you ever listened to? Uh, I'm going to destroy. I'm going to horribly mispronounce this band's name, but uh, Madal Mctar. It's M D O U M O C T A R. They're like. Uh, like a Nigerian kind of like rock band, but with like a lot of like world influences and shit like that. Mm, I'm not familiar. No, that's, that's not in my, uh, my wheelhouse. I I don't know. 
I highly recommend, especially if you like uh, world music. I got to see them play live here in Cincinnati like a year or so ago, and it was it's one of the best live shows that I've heard in a while. I mean, like the dude's like this like Nigerian prodigy at guitar, and he just like it's like it's like world music with like Jimi Hendrix leading the band. It's it's kind oh, of damn. fun. What did you say they were called? Madau Mokhtar. It's M D O U. And then M O C T A R. All right, sweet. I'm gonna look that up when we're done. I will check I'm, out Krungbin. I'm kind of kind of anticipating that. Yeah, I mean it's pretty vibey. It's it's pretty good. I'm I'm really curious to check this out. Um, and that's kind of like again why I love doing a music podcast is because of conversations like this. People be like, "What are you into?" You get to talk enthusiastically about something you love, and then they'll hit you out of left field. Sometimes people are like, "You should do the new Taylor Swift she just came out with," and I'm like, "You should <laughs> shut up. You should fucking leave." Dog, don't even get me started on that because, like, uh, homeboy who wrote the album is from Cincinnati. So people mindlessly, not only do people mindlessly dick ride the national, which is okay. They're not a bad mm. band. Mm-hmm. It's fine. You know, I'm not, I'm not a massive fan of theirs, but if we're going to really like somebody fine, but for us to also mindlessly dick ride the ta- new Taylor Swift album, because homeboy wrote the songs for it. It's just like, guys come the fuck on. <laughs> like, Hey man, it could be worse. You know what we have in Vermont? Fish. Fish. <laughs> Fucking Christ. Oh. Oh I feel it, God. dude. I I uh I I grew up in Ohio where like um, the small town that I lived in was like super close to this hippie town and everybody there was like you know grateful dead widespread panic fish and i remember i remember just specifically like knowing that i could no longer hang out there after like listening to like three or four hippies just like stoned out of their minds talk about how trey anesthesia is like the greatest guitarist to like ever (laughs) grace the planet with his presence and i was just like I can never come back here. <laughs> God, no, dude. Never come to Burlington then. The, all, the homegrown music scene here, there are some really great like indie acts. I'll shout out my really good friend, Jesse Taylor, Jesse Taylor Band. She's doing some singer-songwriter indie stuff. It's really great. Caroline Rose came from the Burlington area. Um, uh, Francesca Blanchard, other people I'm, I'm forgetting, obviously. But there's just this massive groundswell of shitty, noodly jam bands who will be like, my name's Dr. Grandpa. And they'll just set up and do 30 minute improvs that sound like every other fucking like fish B side you've ever heard in your life. I I'm just like, fuck. I lived in Austin, live music capital of the world where anyone you could have wanted to see would swing through town. And then you come back to Vermont and you, you just you got to go see goddamn Gluon Fu Manchu down at the Radio Bean, and they're just gonna sit there and for nine fucking hours. <laughs> I just like you, you oh, and I hate fish, but I fucking hate the Grateful Dead. You put on trucking, that's like MK Ultra. I will activate and just start stabbing motherfuckers. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. 
Oh, dude. I Okay, so I'm glad that you have like an appreciation of hating hippies as I do because not only does like the Grateful Dead suck and like fish, like all that stuff's just bad, but like it creates such a culture that never gets recognized for the creepiness that it truly is. Oh my god, yeah. But like like I remember this quote from this old head, like Yellow Springs. Yellow Springs is the town that I grew up close to. It's like a real big hippie town. He's like old school, old head from Yellow Springs. And I just remember him like saying to his wife one time, he was just like, and for the record, Pigpen is the basis in the Grateful Dead. Oh, yeah. But he's, he just goes, but, but Pigpen doesn't have to wash his feet. Why should I? Oh Christ! <laughs> and you're just like, and like I got presented to these people as like this is the cool alternative to like the squares and the Republicans, and like oh. it almost made me hate liberals, like and like left leaning people in general, because I was like for a very long time I was just like, oh that's it, really? Fuck! Like God damn! Like, this is, yeah, so if the Republicans are stupid and evil, it's like, so we're going to fight stupid and evil with stupid and completely ineffectual. Because, like, you're talking about the creepy vibe in, like, hippie circles and deadhead culture. And not to paint with a broad brush, but if we're going to paint, let's paint. Because these fucking people, their whole ethos is like, it's about peace and love and vibes. And I'm like, peace and love and vibes don't put gas in your car. They don't defend you from an assault at the goddamn Cumberland Farms because you walked in there without fucking shoes on. (laughs) (laughs) They just don't, they don't live in this reality. And like Vermont is a fairly small laid back place. So if you want to walk a pot bellied pig on, on a fucking leash and walk into Panera bread company with it, people probably are going to stop and take pictures and, and, be fine with it because that's just kind of our our groovy ethos but at a certain point you just can't really be a hippie and an adult at the same time you won't survive how are you supposed to get food again jams and vibes and crunchy times do not put food on the table you can't just go up to someone and be like we should make love it's like we should not and say we did like the this <laughs> freewheeling shit is one of the most frustrating things ever because like those people that were actual hippies during like Woodstock and shit grew up to be the goddamn boomers that destroyed the country so why are we emulating a movement that shit its fucking pants and gave us Donald Trump like I don't I don't get it man that my man just dropped straight facts on the fucking podcast right here right now (laughs) I I I vibe with that so fucking hard because it's just like they got propped up as like one of the coolest generations for the longest fucking time. And it did nothing but feed their ego and just like allow them to like cash in on the like nostalgic. Oh man, we were fucking awesome back in the, I mean, she, you didn't see Hendrix at Woodstock. And it's like, no, I didn't do it because he died. Cause you all were crazy. Yeah, like like he was like, you know, the example of like what happens when you people keep doing drugs at an insane level. (laughs) It's just some balance. you got to balance it out. A balanced diet of drugs. Maybe don't do acid every day. 
for real for real <laughs> oh man I, I i cincinnati has a little bit of the hippie scene but it's more on like the outskirts and like the smaller towns to be honest it's more of uh it's the exact opposite in town it's more punk rock um but that brings it's it's so funny because for every issue that i have with like the hippies with like their whole thing the the punks in cincinnati it's like yeah you can't smoke meth and just live like that i like <laughs> like like you can't just smoke meth and ride a motorcycle and give people a finger and that's your life like, <laughs> right yeah and they, we have to accept that as a lifestyle yeah no <laughs> that's the other problem with like punk has its own set of issues too with like more than any other genre, there are these purity tests where like, I've never seen another musician like Wynton Marsalis doesn't have to go, I'm gonna stop playing jazz trumpet and like announce that to the world as like leaving the world of jazz. But when Pat the Bunny got old enough, he was like, he had to renounce the punk lifestyle. Like a monk who took a vow of silence, who decides I wanna get laid and I wanted to have a podcast. So I'm gonna come off the mountain and renounce Buddhism. <laughs> the, Pat the Bunny had to renounce the punk lifestyle because that is how seriously they take it. And it's like not eating at a Chick-fil-A. I'm like, my man, at some point, you are going to butt up against your own purity test and, and you'll fail by your own metric. So maybe stop yourself before you settle right into the groove of hypocrisy and just lighten the fuck up. You can like what you like. You can belong to the punk movement, the hippie movement, whatever. But love is an abstract concept. It can't knock things down. And like you said, you got to take your foot off the gas with the meth. Meth is a sometimes treat. A hundred percent, dude. Like, like all the punks in my town, they're just they're high on meth. They're wearing chains and ragged clothing. They look like extras in Mad Max. They're just ready to attack at any moment. And they like... Like they'll come into a bar and they'll like try to have a conversation with you. And it's like, do I need to draw guns right now or what's going to happen next? I have a feeling you're about to rob me of my natural resources. You look like you have a Ziploc bag full of cat piss somewhere on your body. <laughs> That's what you smell like anyway. I'm, I'm concerned. Now, I know that to be the meth because I've been around the block. So, you know yeah yeah that's a fun thing to tell people whenever they're like talking about drugs and you just casually go like well you know it's good meth if it reeks like cat piss and they want to know how you know and you go well you know i've lived a lot of places in this country <laughs> yeah that that is such like a a great uh dinner party fact to just like drop in just like oh by the way <laughs> fun fact yeah no i fucking oh i accidentally smoked a cigarette dipped in PCP. The liquid version of it is formaldehyde is what they call it. And I was at a party and I was wasted drunk and I bummed a cigarette off this girl who just like looked at me and was like, <laughs> yeah, you can have a cigarette. And I fucking smoked the thing down to a filter in like 60 seconds. And I was whacked the fuck out. I was so goddamn aggressive with people. They're like, are you okay? I'm like, of course I'm fucking okay. Get out of my fucking way. Because it's this feeling of intense euphoria, but you also want to fight every motherfucker. So I immediately am like, I have to get back to my apartment. And I literally put my head down like it was football and just like power stomped my entire way back, like a mile and a half back to my fucking house. Thank 
God, no one tried to like make fun of me or fuck with me because I would have been one of those PCP rage heads. Like you hear about people who like de-glove the skin on their own hand, pulling their wrists out of cuffs and be like, see, I told you they couldn't hold me. I was <laughs> full on in that mode. I would have lifted a truck and thrown it at a motherfucker if they had said like, how was your night? So trust me when I say I know how these things go. Yeah, yeah, I I, I feel it, dude. I, I've never had any... The, the worst thing that I've ever had as far as drugs in that capacity is like one time I did this was this was years ago, but I did uh, too much ketamine. Oh, yeah. And it was like right before a party. So like I'm like <laughs> losing my mind on the couch and like 15 people walk in. And they're like, hi, Cameron. And I'm like, uh, hi, like just shaking and like, ah, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. And like one thing I noticed, like that was like the first time I'd ever done like too many drugs. Like usually like I'm always at a level where it's like even if it's like too much, like I'm I do it. I go for 20 or 30 minutes and I'm like, OK, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. That was like the only time I've ever done too many drugs or did too many drugs, I should say, where. After I was high, I. I had like like I, I I felt like almost like I was like walking around watching myself even when I wasn't high. Oh yeah, you become completely dissociative. It's fucking wild. It's 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 a wild ass drug, dude. It's a wild drug. My experience with ketamine, I had this there was this girl in my grade in college who was 16 thrown in. She like skipped a bunch of grades, really smart. 16 hanging out with a bunch of 20 and 21 year olds and then halloween we had a party at our house and my other friend brings this 16 year old to our apartment and she is down so fucking far in a k-hole like you look in her eyes the lights are on and no one's home and i'm like all right well we gotta like i guess get a bucket and put her on the couch on her side and like watch her or whatever but then like i knew what kind of person i was when i looked at her and i went i would like to try that i think and then a week later, I ended up trying ketamine for myself. And it's true. You just like you feel like you're floating above your own body watching everything happen. It's totally fucking wild. It's it's such a unique drug. And I, I love the fact that they give it to horses like a horse tranquilizer. <laughs> yeah. Like, I love that, like, we do a little bit of it and like get fucked up and like for a horse because it's so massive. It's like. Oh, this will, you know, knock me out for a little bit. <laughs> like, I, I love, I mean, the science behind chemicals is, is something truly beautiful. But the fact that, I mean, one, you have ketamine, but two, have you, I'm sure you've probably heard about GHB. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. But have you also heard about, I just found out about this from like my buddy who uh, he lives in Spain now, but it's uh prohibitol or sounds familiar, but I, yeah, I don't know for sure. It's, it's a Russian nerve agent that like people get high on <laughs> Christ. <laughs> and like my mans, will message me either like high on GHB or high on prohibitol. And it's just like, 
yo man because he's british too so it's like super th- it's like yo mate mate off the ghb right now and i took the prohibits all fuck what was i gonna say <laughs> it's just like sitting in my dms I'm like oh, okay hi how the fuck do you get your hands on that? That's it, you, like it feels like the kind of thing you have to go like to the middle of like St. Petersburg Square and be like, "Hey, I think Putin's an asshole," and someone just comes up and sticks you, and you're like, "Oh, thank you, sir," and then you just lie down on a bench and trip out. <laughs> That's how you get like blasted in fucking Russia. Just talk shit about the government and just <gasps> oh, right. Yeah, you oh, want fuck. access to drugs? Yeah, just do acts of sedition and get blow darted and be like, "I wonder what it is this time." <laughs> that dude who turned the the star above the church into Patrick from SpongeBob. That guy was just a kingpin. <laughs> he just he just like he wanted to go f- so hard. Oh my god! What the fuck is this? Someone replaced the star with Patrick. Wait, have you never seen that before? No, fuck no. Let me see if I can find it uh, quickly here. But okay. yeah, like above the. Uh, It's above that. I, I don't know if it's a church or, or like a government building, but they uh, basically vandalized that fucking. Uh, yeah. All right. I'm going to screen share. Is that cool? Yeah, go for it. I mean, I've never used Zoom before or so. All right. You see? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that is fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite things ever. I mean, the fact that they did this <laughs> and just <laughs> like the Russian government had to fucking take care of it. I mean, it's so good, dude. Oh what a great God. bit. That's fucking tremendous. And just like the memes that that spawns, clearly. I just saw like <laughs> two of them in there and I know oh, I'm going to go down a fucking rabbit hole after this. Oh, it's 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 some primo content man yo speaking of primo content we'll we'll do this last little bit um and then we'll like wrap it up here um but obviously great fun having you on the podcast you got to come back on man and anytime you want me to come on your pods if you want that i'd be more than willing um but as far as primo content i want to hear your take on the monolith thing I I think it's just bullshit, honestly. I, I, I wish I could come up with more about it and be like, oh, well, I, you know, it could be something cool, but just my instinct at this point, I'm so beaten down. I'm like, it's probably Burger King advertising new, like, spicy chicken fries. Like, if we're being honest with ourselves, it's not. You can see, like, the riveting and stuff in them. I'm like, these didn't come from space. Some guy yeah. threw his oh, fucking yeah. truck in reverse, like. No, that's that's definitely like at this point, I'm figuring out trying to figure out, you know, like when they like flip it over and like you see the bottom of it, like what corporations name plates on the bottom of it. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, oh, Pepsi Cola. okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. This is all making sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this. This is like this screams like 55 year old marketing guy. Yep. Yeah, and it's it's entirely possible too that it's just like some board. Well, although it's it's kind of they've happened far apart, wasn't it? Like Utah and Lithuania or something like that. There have been multiple, and like yeah, like one of them was in like another. Like there's been a couple in another country. 
I mean, they, they, I think there's four. I don't know. Cause like at yeah. this point, I don't know what's like troll with it and what's like actually real with it. Right. And that's, I guess like, so if there are in like three or four places, it's probably just like people like you and me who met on fucking Reddit or something. And we're like, wouldn't it be funny if we just like put up a bunch of weird monoliths everywhere and got people talking about it. And it's like, again, you to do what you're no better than the hippies. Don't make me open up another rant on them because like, <laughs> I don't want to shit on anyone's fun. If you get, if you get fun out of like, okay, well I made a piece of art and I'm going to put it in the town square. Like I had this weird thing when I was younger where I would write like weird little, like basically like Neil Pert rush lyrics. It'd be like the, the, the yellow King has left his throne and, and shall arrive on. And then I would like, do some date six months in the future, roll it up and then stick it somewhere where someone will find it when they like tear down the wall in nine years. Just weird, stupid, like secret scrolls that I would hide. There's no explanation for it other than like, that's for me knowing someone will find it eventually. I feel like that's what's happening. So I don't want to yuck their yum. But at the same time, like it's impossible not to be cynical about this shit and just be like, when does the other shoe drop? When do we find out that the guys who are putting the monoliths everywhere me tooed someone and then we have to hate them too? Like, when's it coming? What's happening? Oh, that would be the best article ever. It's just like, yeah, the guys who made the who made the monolith, they just like raped people. That's why they were sticking those people out, sticking the monolith, out, like big phallic structures out in the middle of the desert, symbolizing like the power of what they do. They're <laughs> just like, fuck. there's four of them. And when you look at the bottom of all of them, they just spell out MAGA or something. Like, <laughs> that's the payoff. I, I just know in my heart it's going to suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I be so great like two or three months from now you know we haven't really heard anything about it and then all of a sudden trump's just like yeah we're responsible for that that's actually our idea like like that was just like trying to steal clout off of every fucking thing on the planet yeah speaking of my man's like burning down in flames it's kind of actually been hilarious to watch it is kind of fun to watch like i realize it has serious implications for the future of the country but i don't plan on living much longer so i'm just gonna kind of ride it out and and have some fun i feel it dude a hundred percent man like i because like i i've deal, dealt with so much like heavy personal shit this year like heavy like super just heavy shit and at this point like watching i don't want to say there's like a perverse enjoyment out of watching it all burn but there there really is and i'm not so sure that i want it all to burn but a nice controlled fire like yeah like just something something that like maybe kind of shakes us out of our like kind of our little area a little bit and just kind of oh whoa oh man whoa lord like something like that yeah you're out to dinner with some fucking drunk bitch who won't shut up and she keeps reaching across the table and at some point she sets her infinity scarf on fire 
And that's all she needs to realize like, hey, maybe I should shut up and let other people talk. I should stop drinking so much. Just like, you don't want her to die. You don't want her to get third degree burns, but just like have a Kate Spade scarf go up in flames. Maybe a little bit of her hair necessitating an unflattering A-line Bob haircut that she's got to live with as a reminder that you're not invincible and that this can all go up in flames in any moment. So live accordingly, treat people the way you want to be treated. <laughs> yeah, it, it reminds me of that, that great quote from The Departed where Jack Nicholson walks into that bar and he like sees this dude and they have like a, they have like a, a brief like opening exchange and i can't remember that part but like he basically like makes fun of the dude but then he just is like yeah but anyways how's your mother and he, the guy's like yeah she's uh on her way out and guys just like we all are act accordingly sound advice prodigies in unexpected places i mean it's true yeah I also I also love the fact that he just like told that woman to get numb and do cocaine on that bed in that movie. <laughs> you want your fucking coke? Here's your fucking coke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dude, Jack Nicholson goes that I, I actually was just doing uh like a little rewatch of As Good as It Gets, mm. which is like classic Nicholson. Man. I forgot that like the movie opens up Jack Nicholson's got OCD Cuba Gooding's the rather effeminate yet masculine uh, manager of the very gay uh, Greg Kinnear who's an artist that lives next door and his dog gets out and they're trying to look for the dog and Greg Kinnear's character knocks on Jack Nicholson's door and it's basically like, hey, have you seen? I think the dog's name is Winslow. Yeah, I can't remember because Melvin is the name of Jack Nicholson's character, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Melvin. But like, yeah, he's like, have you seen Winslow? And Jack Nicholson's first line in this movie is, is that the colored man next door? <laughs> You're like, time for a feel-good romp. I feel it in my bones. <laughs> and like the whole point of the movie, and I love it. It's a great movie. It's a 90s classic. But the whole point of the movie is just like, yo, listen. If you get a pretty enough white girl to fuck you, you going to stop being racist and OCD. <laughs> It'll solve all your problems. It'll probably stop Greg Kinnear from being gay. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, like he does like have that moment where he's just like completely like enthralled by the human body or like the female form. He does that like nude series with her. It's just like jerking it like, oh, fuck, forgot about how cool tits are. I could try just a little. No one has to know. I won't lose my gold star. Yeah. That's why he's encouraging Jack to go back to her. He's like, I'm going to give this motherfucker sloppy seconds. Yeah, you better fuck her before I do. Like, save me from myself. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, it, that, that scene in the movie, like, as, as flowery as they make the dialogue, it really boils down to, if you don't smash, bro, I'm going to smash. <laughs> yeah. The, the delicate subtext. 
<laughs> it just reminds me of fucking Gran Torino, which I personally think is a shitty movie, but I think is hilarious because it was just an excuse for Clint Eastwood to call people gooks. Like, that's all that movie was. <laughs> like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You mean to tell me there's going to be a bunch of Asian people around and they can't get mad when I call them, you know, zipper heads or whatever? It's like, that. that's right. It's part of the movie. Yeah, part of the movie, wink, wink. No, Clint, it's it's a script. It's actually about overcoming racism and, and prejudice and becoming a better person oh no i i get what you're putting down absolutely i'm in dude not only do i agree with this take i i i could be making this up but i swear to god that i read somewhere that like pbr is his actual favorite beer so it was also just an excuse for him to drink on and it's his movie he directed it so all he's got to do is just be like yeah uh you guys know what to do just take it <laughs> like, jesus christ oh my god what a fucking asshole oh my god what an upsetting individual for real he was a he was a republican mayor of a town at one point yeah carmel by the sea in california yeah (laughs) that's fucking nuts i guess it's no weirder than reagan being the president of the whole country but you know yeah or or california california loves that shit dog like they recall voted arnold schwarzenegger in (laughs) (laughs) like not only were they mad enough to get rid of the guy who was already in job they were like Fuck it. Let's let Terminator do it. Yeah. You know who'd do a better job? Kindergarten cop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the guy from uh, the was it the sixth sense where he can cl- the, like clone people or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> <Turbo> <laughs> Although I will say I did watch. It's mostly because uh, the guy who directed is fucking gangster. But I did watch Total Recall recently. Yeah. Pretty solid. Yeah, Paul Verhoeven's good shit. Yeah, especially Starship Troopers. Yeah, that's a good one. That fucking, like, the way the world is portrayed and, like, the way he portrays fascism in that movie and just, like, world citizen. You're not a you're not a real person until you serve in the military. Yeah. It's just like, oh, God. Like, and then, like, the... the Chapo Trap House did a good job about this. I'll shout them out for this, but they made a good point in kind of saying, and I, they, they made a notice that it was kind of in the same vein as the way our world kind of feels now. And I'll take it even one step further. I was watching the movie recently and they FaceTime in the movie like we do nowadays. Do they really? I haven't watched it yeah. in a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they have handheld devices and they FaceTime to each other. So not only does like my man like predict like the like atmosphere aesthetic of like what our world kind of feels like and shit like that, but he also just kind of like fucked around and kind of showed us what our technology would be in 20 years. No sh- shit. I got to go back and look at that. I I completely forgot. Yeah, he's he's it, shit like that kind of blew my mind in that movie also forgot like young neil patrick harris (laughs) also also forgot and and i don't want to get too horny on the pod but god damn denise richards was so hot in that movie (laughs) fuck 
yeah is is egregious yeah yeah well and like i will go on record the that was like my first ever like i think when i was a little kid i accidentally saw like my mom naked once but that was like my only reference point to like the female human body Mm -hmm. and it was just like oh okay but i was seven years old no, no, I was probably eight or nine because it, I don't know, I, around that age. But I was at that age and I went over to my grandparents' house of all people. And my grandfather's a big sci fi guy. And he's like, You want to watch a cool ass movie? And I'm just like, Sure. And he just showed me Starship Troopers. <laughs> and I, I just remember that fucking scene and just being like, Oh, fuck. This is so cool. Like, this and, like I remember. Something. Yeah. But my grandfather like rubbed my head and he was just like, there you go, boy. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> Man, you're Sorry. lucky. My, my grandfather did shit like, come here. I want to show you one of my favorite movies. And it'd be like, the only good engine is a dead engine and shit like that. Like he was oh, a fuck. virulent racist. He, he was not a nice gentleman. And coincidentally, the first woman that I ever saw naked when I was eight years old was my grandmother, his wife. And I just remember after that being like, so I got that to look forward to when I start like being interested in girls. Apparently, I just assumed all girls when they took their clothes off were totally misshapen, like a Picasso painting. A hundred percent. Like, because my mom wasn't like, like she wasn't at that at that time when I saw her, she wasn't in too bad a shape, but she wasn't like. Like she, she lived a rough life because she was like a single mom, so she didn't have like the best diet. Um, so she wasn't like you know like in great shape or anything. Um, and like, I just remember just being like kind of like what you said, where it was just like, uh. And then like, I'll close out the pod with this, and then well, I'll I'll, I'll do our thing, but this will be the last story or whatever, and then we'll do plugs and shit like that, but. I remember when I actually did get into girls, the only thing that I wanted to do with them was like originally was just kiss and like touch their boobs and stuff because I saw my mom's bush and holy fuck (laughs) did that scare the shit out of me as a child. (laughs) Cause like at the time I did not have pubic hair and I was just like, what the fuck? Oh, and it, it like fucked me up as a kid. And like now I, I don't care. Like I could give a fuck less if a woman has pubic hair. But at like when I was like 11 to like 14, it was just like, yeah, I don't ever want to go down there or near that at any point. <laughs> yeah, right. Because all you know is what you're working with. And you're like dolphin smooth, baby. I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> A hundred percent, dude. It scared me. Oh, oh, the innocence of youth. For real, man. <laughs> For real. I, I I feel like even telling that that story, I gotta go take like a shower and like transcendental meditate for twenty. Yeah, minutes. right. <laughs> Reset my brain. Just get back to baseline. Yep. Well, my man, do you uh, do you want to do some plugs or anything like that? Yeah, um, check out my, I have two podcasts. Out on that line is the music podcast. 
Um, and we do accept album submissions. So if you've got something you want us to review, go ahead and send it to us. Um, and then my other podcast is the Skimbo Lounge, S-K-I-M-B-O. Um, you can find us at Skimbo Lounge at Out on That Line on Instagram. That's pretty much the main hub at this point. So check them out. Hell yeah, folks. Junkhead Nation, give these folks a follow and all that fun stuff. Get these folks some likes, some comments. Um, if you're beautiful, send them nudes, you know. Um, hey, it'd be worse. Do it my style and like throw some art on it and then say it's wildly inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, tie a bow around your dick and send it. We don't care if you're fucking ugly. Send us your nudes. We're we're on the way out, so we'll take anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, like that is like another thing where it's just like, I don't know how you could say wildly inappropriate about a dick on the Internet at this point. Right. <laughs> like, like, even if it's like sent to you, like, like. Unwillingly or whatever, it's like the Internet is mostly dicks. Yeah. Or pussies at this point being clothed on the Internet's like inappropriate like like being like completely you know covered up you know what that's what i'm saying people in the junkhead nation um be hard dick warriors out there and just start sending dick pics to all your friends all your family uh teachers co-workers everybody don't even do glitch art like me ruin your career no i'm kidding yeah just see how it goes and let us know Send uh, everybody spam dick pics to uh, Donald Trump's uh, messages on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, there you go. Just make obviously I know he probably won't see it, but make whoever runs his social media just have to deal with everything. You know, send them send them goatsy. They probably you know, that'd probably like be a nice blast from the past. Wow. Yeah, that was for me. I appreciated hearing about goatsy in 2020. Yeah, like, <laughs> like send it with like not trying to be gross, just nostalgia. <laughs> like, <laughs> wink. Yeah, yeah. Oh, folks. On that note, folks, Diamond Dick Long here, coming in for another close out of the podcast. We had our fellow ranch hand Alex there he came up and hung out with us in the valley. Looking across it, see the cattails shaking in the water. It's down by the pond. Yeah, it's about two or three acres over there. Get a little bit closer and aim a rifle right down the scope. Why in the hell is Ezra Koenig from Vampire Weekend Making love to Kylie Jenner while the ghost of the lead singer of the Silver Jews watches. Jesus Christ. I mean, quite frankly, I do think Random Rules is a good song. I've listened to that quite a few times while on the pasture here. But I don't know why in the hell he decided to haunt this landscape. Quite frankly, buddy. I'd have figured he'd have haunted a indie rock venue or I don't know. 
maybe someplace where the pavement rehearses since they made all the money. <laughs> and on that note, folks, Junkhead is out.